Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Rachel's just cheesing right now. Rachel's just, we had like four false starts with the recording, and Rachel got fed up with all the fucking tomfoolery. I'm a professional. You're a professional. I had to fix your boom. I had to take a drink of water, and also I almost got sick on the burgers we just ate. And that's the real truth of it. That's we a had- technical term, by the way. Fixing my boom is not a... It's not a uh, euphemism. You can't work as a euphemism. I don't know what, if your boom would be your butt, and if so, I don't know how you go about fixing a butt unless you're. A, well, mine doesn't need to be fixed. Hell, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Except it's got a crack in it. Oh God! Ooh. Anyway, thank you for listening to Wonderful's podcast about stuff that we're just really into. I want to thank. Um, I wanna, we have a new member in the studio, a new member of the production team, the wonderful crew. Couldn't do it without them. Of course, we have Brother Printer, and Brother Printer's been doing a lot of hard work for us lately. Been putting a lot of hours, been draining the ink. Yeah. And now we have Touch Lamp. Very excited about Touch Lamp. Bought it, and it turns out it's quite dim. Um, now, but can it, I ask you? You already have a lamp in here. What yeah. was the other one for? Look at that. You just wanted some mood lighting? It's soft lighting. But what's fun is you can press this button, and then it's colorful lighting. Hey, look at that. Do you want to do it with like a blue light in here the whole time? Because we can change the hue, I think, just by touching it. Ooh. Maybe we said it's a cycle, and now it's is like this, we're recording inside of a Spencer's Gifts. Is this like a McElroy disease? That we just like garbage? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> let's let's just try this out. Let's just unplug that. Okay, now we just kind of have this rainbow orb in the room. And who knows what kind of energy... It's completely black in here. Pitch dark. Except for this rainbow orb we have in the center of the room. And maybe it'll allow us to channel new energies, new colors... Right now, it's a sort of fuchsia tone, and I don't know how that's going to affect the the recording, but now it's red, and now I'm angry at you. So we can do like a fun thing, where when it changes, maybe we have a different emotion. It can be like a fun game, but a horrible listening experience. <laughs> thank you, Touchlamp. Welcome to the team. Anybody else we should thank in the studio? Weird smell. Uh, weird smell. You're not really... I wish I could fire you, weird smell, but your dad owns the podcast, and so... Nothing we can do about that. <laughs> I got in Griffin's car the other day, and he warned me first that it was messy, and second that there was a smell. I'm starting to think my body just produces uh, just a constant sort of no, bad smell. Griffin, most people, when they notice a smell, take do, action. Yeah, that's the thing. <sighs> I know everybody I, smells. What well, I tried to take action in trying to fire the bad smell from the studio, but nothing was happening. I think it's coming from. Can I tell you who I think is making it? long dormant exercise bike oh yeah (laughs) long dormant exercise bike never does fucking anything in this or you know it could be unplugged massage chair because unplugged massage chair uh you know is a chair and so i don't want to be crude but some bad smells were probably put into it by butts and so that's the truth of it okay this studio fucking sucks baby can we please move into a new house that's bigger so i don't have to keep working in this stinky office man i would like to i think uh so should we get started yeah who last week was our thanksgiving hunger Games showdown so i don't even know who should go first this time maybe you should how gentlemanly do you you want me to go first no all right let her rip my topic no notes in your hand which is terrifying i know i'm confident grant writing Okay. Yeah. This is cheating. I don't. I. I know we don't have rules established, but this, this is your job. It's, it's like, what I do, and I think it's wonderful. I think it's also wonderful, but it's just like, just it feels like cheating to me. You are welcome to bring 
what you do what i do is horrible (laughs) what i do is no what i do is pretty good also yeah tell everybody at home what grant writing is because it took me a good three years to actually understand (laughs) what it is you do for work well what i mean i guess let's start what do you think what do you know about grants let's not do this (laughs) grants are uh charitable often charitable funds that are set aside for specific causes uh usually sort of uh blocked off by uh, larger organizations or fundraising groups or the or or government to uh to well, grant for specific causes to try to further them. Yeah. No, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. So I started grant writing about five years ago. Uh, and what that means is uh, initially I worked for a nonprofit and then I transferred to a community college. Uh, but the whole purpose of my job is to work with people that run programs to help them get funding to support the expansion or innovation of their program. Uh, and can you put that even simpler? It's just, this is why it took me three years to, it took me a good like four months to understand what like nonprofit really meant. Cause I thought it was like a business where you sold things, but for free and then obviously incorrect. And then you talk about raising funds to further and innovate things. And it's like, I don't know, man. (laughs) Um, well, okay. So with a nonprofit, Typically, they exist to solve some kind of issue or at least um, help provide support to people or animals or, you know, any kind of noun, let's say, <laughs> that could use some support. Uh, not, not bears, though, right? Oh, definitely bears. It took me fucking two and a half minutes to get this jacket off. Were you watching that whole process? I don't even know why I was you like, come in with a jacket. I know. I should come in here nude, apparently, because I've taken three <laughs> articles of clothing off since we started. Okay. So that's what grants is. And in grant writing, you... <laughs> so um, as Griffin mentioned, there's different kinds of funding available uh, to support programs. Uh, what you were talking about is kind of close to foundation funding. So individuals will start a foundation to uh, award funding to causes they care about. Uh, Usually they have a board of directors and they have a set amount of funds and then they have an application process for organizations that match their mission statement to come in and ask for funds. Uh, And then a lot of- Benevolent millionaires can also sort of wade into the process too, right? Yeah. Just like I'm a benevolent millionaire and what I think we need more of Well, typically if you're a foundation, you have a mission and a board of directors- um, in order to form your own, you know, 501c3, you have to have certain things like that. Dig it. Um, but what I do a lot of now is state and federal funding. And that is more aligned with the other thing you mentioned, which is the state and government have particular objectives they want to meet. And they have money set aside for those objectives. And then they invite... Uh, applicants to come forward and try and get that money. That's tax. That's tax. Tax money, though, right? That's like my money. Um, I'm just saying this. You go to the big, you know, uncle. You go to the. What's the name of the guy that's on the Uncle Sam? Is that him? <laughs> yeah. You go to Uncle Sam. You're like, can I have a little bit of Griffin's money so that I can build a skate park? 
That's what I think you're, that's what I assume you're talking about. Well, a lot of times it's, it's particular workforce goals or education goals. Skate parks. Uh, Aquariums. Department of Labor has a lot of funding available. Coldstone Creamery. Department of Education. Health and Human Services. That kind of thing. Edible um, arrangements. But none of this is why I like grants. Yeah, talk about why you like grant writing. Because yeah. I, I I get it. Like, I understand why it is sort of a perfect fusion. And I think it's like, I, I, I feel like I don't know too many people whose careers are represent this, like, really nice cross-section of, like, the stuff that they're really, really good at. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it because there's a lot more research and interview skills involved than I expected initially. I kind of thought it was just filling out applications, just having a set amount of information that you just filled lines in and sent them out. Um, but what I'm learning more and more is that it's a lot about interviewing people because often people will think, oh, I want money for this, but they won't really have all the details worked out on what they're proposing and what they want to accomplish. And so you spend a lot of time working with them to design something, which I really like. Yeah. Uh, and then when you look at a, a grant opportunity, there's, you know, it's, there's points assigned to particular areas. Uh, there's specific questions and ways they want them answered. Uh, it's like an SAT cl- test kind of like yeah. in that there is a way to do it the best and get the best score. Yeah. So you have to think, how is what we're doing going to fit what they want to achieve with their funding? Um, and so there's, there's some cleverness involved in it, uh, and some creativity. There's a lot of wordsmithing, you know, thinking about what's going to be the most compelling case, because often what I started doing when I was in nonprofit is thinking about who my competition was. Hell yeah, dude. I love that (laughs) cutthroat shit. Like, how is what we're doing unique? You know, Jokes aside, I feel like the Austin nonprofit scene is a little bit black sales. Like, yeah. Yeah. Only one of us is going to get this grant from. (laughs) Yeah, there are there are hundreds. Uh thousands even in Austin. Uh, and so you think you get to learn the landscape a little bit and think, okay, what is, what is unique about us? What is going to separate us? If I were a reviewer reading this proposal, what would stand out to me uh, that would make me more likely to get funding? So I, I like it a lot. And the other thing I'll say is that it's really concrete. Like I, for years before this, did a job where there weren't particular wins. Yeah, sure. Every day I would come in and I would do something, but I never got kind of a a satisfying result, like anything I kind of hang my hat on. And with grants, there's very clear deadlines. There's very clear yes or no decisions made. And when you're done with the project, you're done with it. Uh, which I like a lot. And then you find out if you get the grant, which is like, because it's concrete, I can say this objectively, you're fucking awesome at like you're very fucking good at it. Rachel would not say this to toot her own horn. She's more <laughs> reserved than this, but like you have pulled down like a ton of super huge grants that have gone towards some really incredible causes. And I'm not just saying like, oh, you're so good at your job. I'm saying there's fucking like <laughs> we got receipts over here, folks. Um, and yeah, I'm very proud of you. No, you're very good. Thank at you this. for saying that. I I I like it a lot. I didn't find this job until I was um, already in my 30s, more or less. I did kind of a lot of dancing around it. Um, and then when I found it, I just felt like, oh, yeah. this is everything I like in one job. Uh, and so ever since ever since I discovered it, it's kind of, it's felt exactly right, which is wonderful. Uh, do you want to hear my first thing? Yes. 
My first thing is receiving mail. Getting mail. Do you want to put some qualifications around that? Because you get a lot of junk mail. Oh, yeah, and that's bad. Yeah. We got to say it, and I'm glad you've you've confronted this. I was going to save it till we were a little bit deeper into my segment, but if you want to start out by just sort of shitting on it. <laughs> no, it's fine. Let's just get this bullshit out of the way. Sometimes you get junk mail, and that's bad, and it's incredibly wasteful. It's like the most wasteful thing, I think. I think their ranking goes diapers. Like one baby generates one small island of diapers by the time it's not wearing diapers anymore. And then just behind that is junk mail. But there's something about the junk mail you have to dig through a little bit. You got to dig through it to get to the gold underneath. You're looking at me incredulously. (laughs) You don't get stoked when you get some good, that good mail? I guess just to part the curtain a little bit, we have a end table in our house that is constantly full with of a, the bad mail. That's our fault for not doing something about the bad mail. mail. But sometimes you get that good mail, though. You get a bunch of the bad mail. With the good mail, here's the thing about it. What's even in there? <laughs> I'm not talking about email either, because, like, I have... Here, let's play a game. Guess how many unread oh, emails God, I have even. in my email box right now. This, Guess how many emails... Guess how bad a correspondent I am online on the internet where nothing even matters at all. Uh, I'm going to say 4,000. Oh, more than that, babe. Oh, my God. Oh, no. 13,368 unread emails people worked on and sent me. And I said, no, thanks. I'm good. (laughs) Without even clicking the email you worked on. That's the song I wrote about. Um, (laughs) But that real mail. What's even in there, babe? Because <laughs> you don't know unless you open it. Only I can open it. Or this it's a like fucking my, crime. This is like my mystery dum-dums. It's like the mystery dum-dums, which What's we even? have a big bowl of dum-dums since Halloween, and it has been an honor and a privilege digging through those. <laughs> anyway, most mail is trash, and that's wasteful, and that's bad. But you get that good mail. Maybe it's a, a nicely printed piece of paper, like a wedding invitation or a Christmas card. Someone with like some mm, some emotion built into it. Maybe it's a postcard, and it's like, "Hey, little postcard, how did you get here?" Postcard from fucking Greece. I got a postcard from Greece once, and it's like, "You were in Greece earlier, and now I'm holding about, you." Do you think about the whole little travel process for this piece of mail? It's unbelievable. Like, is this is this part of what we have a P- you? we have a PO box, and we got a, a postcard from Japan, and it's like. Yeah, you crossed the ocean to get to me and several states. <laughs> you sweet little you sweet little postcard. How wonderful. What a great little adventure you went on, my small friend. Um I also we get a lot of packages. We do some Amazon Amazon shopping. Uh we are <laughs> we're prime members. We're uh, members of Bezos. You could probably tell just just, you know, from just from the way us. that we sort of carry ourselves yeah. that we're members of Bezos's <laughs> special circle. And they won't let it just anybody be prime members, but we do get packages delivered in just two days because one time I saved Jeff Bezos from a burning building. <laughs> saved him from a burning building and he was shrieking and shrieking and so scared. But I jumped through the flames and I lifted up the big piece of building on him. <laughs> and he said for you, Griffin. Now you're prime. Two days. You're prime, my son. And he adopted me. 
Thank you, Jeff. I love you, Dad. So, uh, yeah, you get pa- we get packages, and every time the pa- package gets delivered, it's like the perfect amount of time from when you ordered the package to when it's delivered that you could have conceivably forgotten that you ordered it, or maybe that's just me, or maybe you didn't forget and you've been looking forward to it, and then here's the truck. Yes, it's here. My thing is here. You know, this is an interesting point. Um. My my dad, as you know, is is an eBay enthusiast because uh, he likes to collect a lot of uh, well collectibles. Guns. No. <laughs> Rachel's dad has like seventy five. No. Big. If you knew my dad, that would be very funny. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty narrow market. I was going after that. <laughs> um, Your dad I, owns movie props. Some movie props. And we've talked about this on the blues. show. I know, but it's the best shit yeah. ever. Um, oh, we got to tell him the gift that he came in town. He, he came in oh. town with the dopest slate of shit. Some some birthday gifts for Henry, which was awesome. For Rachel, a St. Louis Blues towel sound is signed by the towel man. Very yeah. very good and in a commemorative case with a label. And indicating what it was. And for me, a a book and DVD set on how to do card tricks. (laughs) My dad listens to the podcast. It's fantastic. Thank you, David. These were slam dunk gifts. The whole reason I brought him up was to say that I always thought it was the collectible that was motivating his purchases, but maybe he just just likes the excitement of the delivery. Here's what I'm saying. And that's, that's wasteful too. And, um, support local business. We do that also. Um, but I can't get a multicolored touch lamp at a small business. I probably could. Probably could. I did not put in the, the effort on that one, but I just love that you have this little treasure chest on the front of your house. And every day there's new stuff that gets put in there. And the fact that there's a bunch of different ways to get an object from one end of this planet to another end of this planet reliably is like, I don't know, I'm still kind of like mystified by that. And I think it's a special thing. Also, we do have the P.O. box, which means we basically have two treasure chests. Um, do you remember when you were a kid and you do the little mailbox for Valentine's Day? Oh, this is not going to be fun <laughs> for me to talk about. But if you want, yeah. <laughs> I just that's kind of that's kind of every child's introduction to to getting mail. Yeah, I got a I got a couple. Well, I mean, at my school there was a rule that everybody had to get one. Oh, that sounds like it was nice. <laughs> was it a nice school, babe, that you went to? Was yeah. it a nice school? Did yeah. you feel fulfilled uh, by the holiday that you celebrated there? Was it fulfilling for you? <laughs> And not a fucking horrible blood sport. I would have given you a Valentine Griffin. I know you would have, because you're a very sweet person. Got two. Oh. from the teacher. <laughs> oh, shoot. One from the teacher. Um. Yeah, I also like mail. It is exciting when you have a big pile of junk mail. I'm sorry, Griffin, that I brought this up. Um. To, to see a little hand handwritten envelope, so much so that now junk mail is using like fake handwriting font. Which I is am upsetting. so fucking over that <laughs> shit. First of all, I can always tell because they like put the address of the business on the back of the letter. And so you look at that and you're like, hey, great dupe, gang. Direct <laughs> mail advertisement is, uh, I learned this in college. And I don't know if it's necessarily still true, but it's the biggest marketing expenditure in the country by an enormous margin. Like, over print, over uh, internet advertisements, over TV advertisements, over everything. Direct mail advertisements represent the the biggest portion of the like national marketing spend, and that's buck wild to me because in my mind, 
It is the least effective form of advertising I can fucking imagine. I've never gotten a thing in the mail and been like, ooh, they're having a sale on oranges at Kroger. Got a jet. And I understand that, like, there are probably lots of people who say, oh, dope, there's a sale on oranges at Kroger. Let's get down there. But, I mean, mostly I also get shit from the local Honda dealership. And it's like, I'm good. Yeah, it's weird. It's just this, like, it's this carryover from an earlier time. Uh, when that was how people received information. And I feel like a lot of businesses just, just do don't, it. Just haven't changed it since 1960 thinking. fucking one. Yeah. I get a fucking car dealership thing in the mail every single day. I buy one car a decade. <laughs> like that's wild gang. Yeah. But the rest of the mail is so good. It's like a little secret loot box on the front of my house every day. What's in it today? What was in it? A bunch of bullshit. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> So uh, should we do? Can I see you? Can we talk? Can we talk about? <laughs> yes. The mood lighting in here and what it's doing for the space. I mean, I kind of like it. You kind of like it. It feels okay. like we're doing like a late night radio show. It kind of feels like my first apartment room, mm. where I, I'm not joking. Like I did have like plasma ball. I did have like a. Do you have a lava lamp? Oh yeah. Oh man, Griff. I had a lava lamp. I had like all that shit. I had uh I had like a small disco ball and we used to go in there um after definitely not doing drugs and <laughs> listen to the soft bulletin by flaming lips and just mm-hmm. turn them all on at once. Do you have any glow in the dark items? No, no, okay. no. Cuz those are don't put those in your bedroom. I don't want anything glowing in there. That was exactly what I did. The glow in the dark stars as a teen. Well, that's fine. Yeah, no, that's romantic, but uh anyway, hey. So what did you want to talk about? The mood lighting. Oh, okay. I thought you wanted to talk about the stinger and maybe not doing it anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> do you not want to do the stinger anymore, babe? I'm out of ideas. Should we should we not do it this time and say jump 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 So now we're just Classic. going back to fucking yeah. brass tacks, folks. And I twisted it on all of you fucking rubes <laughs> griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh meals to be delivered to you they can only be for dinner that's true because of the law but wait wait what's this coming across our desk the law is different now is <laughs> factor these rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design 
or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain okay this message is for ryan it is from brianne hey babe since I goofed up my answer to your beautiful proposal in Prague by trying to make a dumb joke, here's a do-over. Yes, yes, of course, yes. You're the best human, and by now we're blissfully married. It's you and me against the world from now on. Let's spend the rest of our lives fighting the good fight and snugging our terrible, perfect animals. Congratulations, Ryan and Brienne. Yeah, it's too bad you both have to fight the whole world. Because <laughs> we're coming for the two of you. Are you ready? Have you set the traps? <laughs> I don't think you've set all the traps. Have you bought the seeds you'll need to create your own agriculture? I bet you didn't think about that. I'm are, in your garden eating all your seeds. Are you making another board game right now? I might be making a new board game. It's called Settlers of Ryan and Brienne. <laughs> And it's them two against the world, and it's like hard target. Anyway, here's another message. This one's for Rose, and it's from Rose, who says, Hi, Rose. Future Rose says, I love you, and I know things aren't easy right now, but it's going to be awesome. Can't give details or the universe will explode, but a wife, a cat, your very own spaceship? Who knows? Thanks, Rachel, Griffin, and all the good McElroys for wonderful podcasts that brighten my life. You've all helped me more than I can say. Okay, we're speaking to past Rose now through the time rift. It opened up over the George Washington Bridge. I think that's a Kate and Leopold joke. Oh, man, I never saw that. <laughs> that's okay. I should have known. Um, yeah. I wanted to thank Future Rose for buying this message for past Rose. Yeah, it's weird that you had to spend the new currency space bucks on it. Uh, space bucks are, of course, money that is <laughs> made out of astronaut toilet paper. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know why we decided to change it up like that. But I feel like future Rachel never does anything good for past Rachel. I feel like current Rachel... I feel like current Griffin never does anything good for future Griffin, <laughs> as evidenced by the big, big, sweaty hamburger that we ate just before we recorded that has been trying to punch its way out of me like a Gulliver's Travels sort of uh, sort of Pinocchio fighting the inside of the whale. How's it going, everyone? I'm Oliver Wang. And I'm Morgan Rhodes. We have a brand new show on the Maximum Fun Network that we'd love to share with you. It's called Heat Rocks. Morgan, we should probably explain what a heat rock is. It is a banger, a fire track, true fire. Right. Dope album. Each episode, we will bring on a special guest to join us to talk about one of their heat rocks. It might be a musician. A writer. Maybe a scholar. I mean, I would have been happy to just talk to you about 
much our heat rocks, but this is a different show. Yeah, so. I think people might enjoy hearing maybe the guests instead. To do that, you'll have to go to MaximumFun.org. So if you want to talk about hot music, you should check us out. Heat rocks. Hey, what's your second thing? My second thing will not surprise you. It is sleep. <laughs> <laughs> to frame this, to frame this, Rachel goes to sleep. If it's if if Rachel is awake and there are four digits on the clock, it is a fucking miracle. It is if if there's four digits on the clock and Rachel is awake, then she is on trucker speed. Well, excluding the AMs. Yes. 10, 11. Yes, the know. 10, 11, 12 a.m.s. Yes, those are the only four four digit well, hours. 12 a.m. I'm asleep. <laughs> yes, yes, sorry. I forgot how the clock works. Uh, I try to read it like a big boy sometimes, but it's confusing. <laughs> I have always valued my sleep very much. Uh, this has reached obsessive proportions <laughs> now that we have an infant. Um, and so I decided to do a little research on all the great things about sleep. There's a lot to talk about. Now, this is different. We should talk. We should mention. I have done naps before on this show. Griffin is a champion napper. I took an hour and a half nap today accidentally. My <laughs> alarm went off and I said, oops, time to go. And then I slept for another fucking hour. <laughs> Griffin stumbled out of the bedroom like, what, what day I is it? I said, I said, what happened? Because I legit <laughs> didn't know like what it was that I was like living right now. Okay, so sleep. Sleep. Okay, so this is from a Mental Floss article uh, that lists uh, seven reasons sleep makes you better. Seven so many. I'll go through them quickly. I guess tap in if you want more details. Well, I might just fucking fall asleep if it gets too boring. <laughs> uh, people recall information better after they sleep. Wow, that actually explains a lot why my memory sucks so bad. <laughs> Uh, sleep helps you remember things. Um, so you can hear or smell something, uh, during your sleep, which I think is interesting. Wait, what? You can hear or smell something he during says you your- can hear and smell during your sleep. Oh, wait. So if I wait, okay. No, that makes sense. Like, obviously you can hear during your sleep because if, if somebody like sh- shoots a gun or something right next to you, then you'd hear that. But the smell is weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. You're, you're asleep and you smell a... You smell like smoke from a fire. It would wake you up so you'd know to get out of the house. In a 2007 study, volunteers learned the locations of picture cards in a game similar to concentration. While they learned, they smelled the scent of a rose. Those who were exposed to the odor again while they slept that night remembered 97% of the location. What the fuck? Compared to only 86% of the people who didn't stop to smell the roses as they slept. That's that's wild. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it makes sense, right? It's like an evolutionary, like you have these senses that have to be active while you're asleep so that you don't get eaten by a big stinky mammoth or something. (laughs) You know, they love to eat people. They're used to old stinky elephants, big, hairy, stinky guys just coming around eating all the cavemen up. What's happened next? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's fun to think about. (laughs) Elephants? I just love thinking about like the old, the prehistoric ages and brontosaurus burgers and all that. Oh, that's nice. Um, what else? Sleep improves motor skills. Uh, so, for example, a specific brainwave that occurs during sleep seems to be vital to learning motor tasks like playing the piano. Hmm. Um, sleep can help you navigate. So when people dream, they work out problems relevant to their waking lives. 
uh, when almost 100 people were taught to navigate a virtual maze as part of a Harvard Medical School study. Some of them had maze-related dreams. Huh. Those who did performed better on the maze later that day. That is wild. Mm-hmm. I bet hero Captain Sully Sullenberger gets lots of sleep, and that's what helped him navigate his way through those ducks and <laughs> land his plane heroically in the Hudson. Thank you so much. We don't think of enough. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> we, we don't have... think of enough. We talk about him as a joke, and we talk about the great movie, but we don't talk about him and his, accom- and his well, achievement. Well, there's Sully's giving where we do. That's the whole point. Sully's giving is coming up very mm-hmm. soon. It's tomorrow. Oh, no. Already? Did you get him anything? I forgot, too. This is exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> we never celebrate hero captain Sully Sullenberger, who obliterated those ducks so intensely. We don't thank you, Captain, my Captain. Okay, here's another thing that'll be relevant to you about sleep. Uh, sleep improves your immune system. I never get sick. I have never. Rachel, look at me. I have never been sick. <laughs> uh, there was a study that people who slept fewer than six hours a night were eleven times more likely to be unprotected from hepatitis B after getting the vaccine compared to people who slept more than seven hours because their immune systems didn't create antibodies to fight the virus. I mean, that'd be interesting to me if I ever been sick, but I've never been sick. And uh, I saw that movie Contagion in theaters and the whole time I was like, I don't understand. Is this sci-fi? Like, what's even, why, what was that weird? Well, I think it was kind of (laughs) sci-fi. What was that like? Why is everybody sneezing? And he sneezed on him and now he's got it? This is, this is too much for me. So here's, so here's bottom line. I should get more sleep. Is this an, is this an intervention now? Well, no, no. I'm talking about why I think it's wonderful. Uh, and why I'm so intense about it lately. Um, I have not had two nights in a row of just a full night of sleep in. I mean, one probably, year, one year and four days. Well, no, more than that. Cause while I was pregnant, I wasn't sleeping especially oh, good. Oh, yeah. Either. So this is why I go to bed at 930. <laughs> I'm not judging you for it. I think you should absolutely stand in your truth. I think that people should be allowed to go to sleep at the time that they want to go to sleep at. I will say I went to sleep at the same time as you like a couple <laughs> nights ago and I woke up and I was, I was, it was literally like ca- hero Captain Sully Sullenberger had landed a plane on me. I was so fucking tired because my body's like attuned like a hot rod to getting like <laughs> six and a half hours of sleep. Um, yeah, I, I get excited when it's time to go to sleep. Uh, I get excited when I wake up and realize there's more time left to sleep. Um, and I get excited. I'm putting on sleep clothes. Oh, I get that too. And getting in bed. For me, it's also work clothes and (laughs) all my clothes. Um, I, I love it. I, I love it very, very much. Uh, and I think it's maybe the most important resource available to us all. (laughs) I'm going to go with bricks. Because you can use them to build roads, but you also need them for cities. So, <laughs> I want to talk about a movie. Have we talked about? I guess I did Evil Dead that one time, but we don't. I feel like we don't talk about a lot of movies here. Um, this is a movie that I found out about after I graduated college, uh, but it is my sort of favorite movie in this specific genre. Uh, it is my favorite romance movie 
ever made, and it's Before Sunrise. Oh, sweet Griffin. Uh, Before Sunrise is a a film, uh, the first in the Before Blank trilogy, I guess, uh, from Richard Linklater, who made uh, Slackers and Dazed and Confused, and more recently Boyhood. Uh, which I also also uh, enjoyed quite a bit. It features uh, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, who are really the only two featured actors in the whole movie because the films, uh, and I want to try to stay specific to Before Sunrise, uh, the, the, the film is almost entirely just them walking around and having conversations in different places. And that's pretty much it. Well, and Richard Linklater kind of like he's known for that. Like, I mean, Boyhood also kind of follows that example. Waking Life is like that. Waking Life, yeah. Um, So, Before Sunrise came out in 1995, um, and one of the first like kind of wild things about this series is that the second film in the series came out in 2004, nine years later, and then the third film in the series, uh, the second is Before sunset the second is before midnight or the third is before midnight the third movie came out in 2013 so another nine-year gap is a movie series that wasn't like rebooted it's a trilogy that was released over the course of 18 years which is already kind of wild um and the 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 premise of before sunrise is really simple uh jesse played by ethan hawk meets celine uh played by uh julie delpy who's a french actress uh, while they are on this train through Europe, and they they have this very quick connection with each other after having this this uh, very serious conversation, and they decide to disembark in Vienna, um, just sort of on a whim to spend the day exploring the city before Jesse has to fly out the next day, uh, and before Celine has to get back on the train to to continue her trip back home, and. So they do just that, and then they spend one night, one, like, 12-hour period walking around Vienna just sort of talking about life and love, and it's a, it's, it's a very well-written movie, but what's really powerful about it is that, that there is this sense of constant bittersweetness about the fact that they are forging this very powerful connection, this very, like, real-feeling romance that in 12 hours is going to essentially expire when they have to go their their separate their separate ways. Jesse lives in America and I believe Celine lives in 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 France and so they're, you know, separated by an ocean so it's not like long distance dating well, after yeah, meeting and then somebody. When this came out, it wasn't like, you know, social media was really a thing so it wasn't like they were exchanging any kind of information. You know, yeah. There was this idea of like, we're never going to see each other again. And so it, it does this really great job of the first half of the film building this, this romance between the two of them as they talk about, uh, their, their sort of past loves and what is important to them about life and how they, um, try to find fulfillment through, through love, like self fulfillment and self improvement with another person. And then the second half of the film is all about like, oh no, I'm in love with you and we have to leave tomorrow and it does not pull any it doesn't really pull any punches in that regard like there is no sense of like real relief that you get where it's like oh we're gonna work this thing out they touch at it sometimes but really like the 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 whole last half of the film is all about this feeling of like oh man this is gonna be really fucking rough when when we have to when we have to go our our separate ways uh it was co-written by richard linklater and kim krizan who uh had worked on some of the the the, his other films like i think she worked on slackers and dazed and confused uh and when julie delpy and ethan hawk were brought in they actually flew down to austin and all of them stayed together for a while and they all rewrote the entire script again because according to julie delpy uh they didn't think the movie was romantic enough (laughs) and so they so they turned up the 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 romance a bit so why do you like it griffin it's it's a very like 
it has constant these these constant moments that are just so memorable. You've seen it, right? We watch it together. Oh my gosh, yes, of course. Okay. Multiple times. It has these moments, and I can recall so many of them, um, that all take place, and I'll, I'll talk about a couple of those moments, but they all take place inside of this experience that feels, for lack of a better term, kind of dreamlike. There is this sense that what they did in getting off the train, it felt like such a real decision. These feel like two very real characters who just made this this irresponsible, spontaneous decision to to get off a train. And because they did that, it kind of feels like nothing in the movie should actually be happening. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like the movie yeah. should not exist because these two characters made this this kind of like random decision to do it. And because of that, like all of these moments that they share together uh, take place in this this framework where it's like none of this, it, it feels like a dream. Like it feels like none of this should be real because who does this? Like who would get off a train with a stranger? just to spend the uh, half a day with them walking around a city and talking about stuff. Um, some of those moments are just like really memorable and I do want you to watch the movie. And so like, I don't want to spoil anything, but the, their first sort of like connection in this record store is they go into like a listening booth together and there's just this uh, romantic song playing as the two of them sort of avoid each other's gaze for no joke, three uninterrupted minutes and you would think that that would get a little bit long in the tooth, but it super doesn't. Uh, there is probably my favorite scene in any romantic film ever where they pretend to be their friends who are like wondering where the fuck they are because they got off this train. And so they pretend to call each other and they pretend to be their friends and they talk about this night they've had getting to know each other. Holy shit. It's so, so good. Um, and it feels if you know you watch a lot of romantic movies and there are a lot of them that i love even if they don't seem particularly realistic but this one just it captures that kind of momentum of meeting somebody and feeling that instant connection like watching this movie you know it's almost like your your pulse kind of quickens while you're watching it because it just feels like you're really witnessing this couple like experienced this very real, like new spontaneous connection. Yeah. That that happened just so that, that happened in a way that should not, the, the movie constantly kind of like reaffirms the fact that like none of this should exist. Uh, so much so that at the end of the, one of the last like scenes that they have, they're talking and Jesse starts to get kind of, uh, kind of sad and he says that we're entering real time again and that's such a like perfect way to like kind of summarize that the rest of the movie just felt like this felt like this this fantasy in a yeah, way because it's um, not like they're like they're not they're not like saying like oh that's my favorite food too or like oh yeah no i i'm also a middle child yeah like they're having these, literally like, none of that big philosophical discussions because that, it's a richard linklater movie yeah. like of course those, those <laughs> elon conversations that take place and aside from the romance like it is also a movie about being in unfamiliar territory and exploring that and the excitement and really like the unpredictability of it uh and i really love this in movies uh lost in translation i think has some some flaws uh especially regarding like representation and stuff but it, it does get that feeling of being like lost in this big exciting place and anything can happen while we're here which is like I yeah. love that in movies because, like, I want that to be sort of the real travel experience that I have whenever I I go abroad. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm going to say, and please don't don't think this is terrible. But back when we were watching a lot of those uh, reality TV shows where people would meet and fall in love on camera, um, 
I think that was part of why we liked it. Is yeah, that sure. when it felt real, it was when like, it felt real. Yeah, uh, it yeah. felt like that before sunrise moment where you're watching these people connect in a totally unexpected, exciting way. And this would have absolutely, I, literally, what I'm just now realizing is that before sunrise is that reality dating show that you and I conceived of in our last episode of Rose Buddies. <laughs> you're right. Of two people going somewhere where they've never been and just sort of like getting to know each other and yeah. then traveling home whenever they want to. It's lit. We need to get in touch with Richard and just see if he'll produce this thing. It, it it all ends in a cliffhanger ending where you don't know whether or not they ever meet again. Um, and that question was left unresolved for nine years, and that is buck wild to me. And I don't. I I, I was not. I don't think I had seen the first film by the time the second one came out, and so I wasn't a part of the zeitgeist of people like demanding a second movie in this franchise nine years after the first one came out. Um, but it's, it, it is, in my opinion, his best movie. Uh, the, this, the series is, the other two films are good. They're, they're very good, but this, the, the first one I think is absolutely his best movie, Richard Linklater's best movie. And it's such a small scale film. It had such a, like, hyper modest budget, but it tells such a huge, and it tells such a huge story that is, it, it, it threads this needle that I think the best stories tell where it feels, relatable this story of getting off a train with somebody in a country you've in a city or a country you've never been to before and getting to know them and fall in love with them it feels relatable even if you haven't done that before even if you've never gotten off a train with a stranger in vienna and and walked around for 12 hours no Um, i had never seen it before we met uh and you had mentioned that it was one of your favorite movies and i think we watched it together um and i just i just found it so charming because it's it's such a like realistic but also incredibly romantic and like adventurous movie. movie. Like there's yeah. something adventurous about the way that they fall in love. Um it's fantastic. Should we do audience submissions? Yes. I have one here from Dana who says, I think Spotify's Discover Weekly playlists are wonderful. I tend to listen to the same stuff over and over again, so I love having new music to listen to every week that's tailored to my tastes. Much easier than trying to find new stuff on your own. It's so nifty. Oh, Griffin loves this. I don't know if you mess with this at all. I don't know what... um, I don't. I think most like computer algorithms that try to guess what kind of shit you like and then suggest other shit you may may like are pretty much 100% bogus. More or less, like half the stuff on one of these playlists, which is fucking a remarkable accomplishment, is like really good. And most of the new music that I'm listening to, like today, I have found through these these yeah. playlists. I don't know how they they manage to like run the the calculations on that to really to get it so perfect. But oh, it, and by the way, didn't you tell me that Wonderful is going to be on? Yes, Spotify? if you like Spotify, we're going to be on Spotify now. We'll probably put out like an announcement tweet or something uh, like that. But we just got the email yesterday that we're going to be we were picked to be on Spotify, which is cool. Super cool. It's how I listen to most of my podcasts these days. So I I'm hoping that there are people out there who are also excited about that. So uh, here is another one who says, David, bear with me on this one. Hey guys, I just want to share how much I love one specific episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It's season seven, episode four, Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite. 
In this episode, the DS9 crew are challenged to a baseball game by a group of visiting Vulcans. The whole episode is basically Captain Sisko trying to teach a bunch of aliens how to play this ancient Earth game and has a really genuine and sweet Sandlot League of Their Own ETC, oh, etc. feel. Uh, this was the last season of DS9, and it feels like a victory lap for a show that a lot of fans initially dismissed as it faced the impossible task of following up the next generation. This episode shows off how wonderful and lovable all these wacky characters are. That's so great. That episode sounds fucking awesome. I know, it does. I love that. We just watched Field of Dreams. I had never seen it. Yes. I, I, it's on Netflix. Uh, I convinced Griffin to watch it with me. There is something just so lovable about people that are excited about baseball. I don't know what it is. Yes, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it in the wrong way, in that I have been obsessed with trying to answer the question of whether or not James Earl Jones died in the movie or not. That's not a spoiler. I literally don't know. I literally don't know if James Earl Jones dies in the movie or not. Because you could, I swear, you could argue either way, and I would be a hundred percent, absolutely convinced. <laughs> Please let me know. It's 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 driving me mad. I would love it if somebody worked this out in the Facebook group for us. Uh, here's one from Griffin, but G R Y P H O N, which is choice. Uh, I work at Trader Joe's, and while that could be my wonderful thing, I'd like to talk about the cardboard baler. I love that we have such a huge machine whose only purpose is to make cardboard really flat. It's super relaxing to watch, and it makes a great hum. Also, might I add that it's also just a big Wally. Oh, that's nice. That's very nice. You ever fuck with a cardboard baler? I'm trying to think. Cause we I, had one at the Pullman Square where I worked at, at the GameStop where we had a lot of cardboard. Yes, I did. When I worked at World Market, we had one. It's so very... I can't believe it exists and that they just let anybody use it without a license. Because <laughs> no, you could for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. It would not be hard to, how is it, you know. How is it not on the news more? I feel like we should hear about that. Of people just getting Christian bailed? Yeah. yeah it's rough. <laughs> but I'm glad. I mean, I'm happy that there's not constant bailing accidents. Uh, and not only are there not bailing accidents, there's bailing miracles. Because the boxes <laughs> are so big and it gets them so freaking small. That was my last one. If you want to send some in, uh, we didn't get very many in this week because we do not do a good job of telling people how to get them into us. It's wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, hey, thanks to Bowen and Augustus for the use for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to the song in our uh, episode description. Um, we should thank. We should thank people. We've gotten some really great stuff in the yes. PO box, and we have been bad denizens of that task. Uh, we should say that this is not a comprehensive list. We get a ton of stuff in the PO box, and so we're just kind of thanking a random smattering of people who have sent stuff in. It's PO box six 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 three nine, Austin, Texas seven eight seven six six. Um, but thank you to everybody who sent stuff in. It is seriously a joy to, we go to it about every week and a half or so. And there's always a bunch of really cool stuff waiting for us. And we, we, we sure do appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Katrina sent us some spices, including some, uh, sweet curry powder that I use yeah. in all the curry. We, we have meal prep kind of that we do now. And I make curry every week and I'll probably end up talking about that in a later episode. And that, that spice helps to, to keep it tasty. Uh, on a related note, I got some, uh, pumpkin pie syrup for drinks and stuff from Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, we got some tasty tea in from, uh, Cassie and Leah. Thank you, Cassie and Leah. Uh, Savannah Wallace sent us some lovely candles with some fall scents. Yes, those candles, we have them going. Uh, there's one I think called December Morning, it's which very we're good. very excited about. Uh, I don't know if this is a, uh, a, was a wonderful gift or just a, a, one of the other products, but Stephanie and Dana sent a Lucio onesie from, uh, Overwatch. That is very, very, very good. Uh, uh, Jess sent us an I do love you cross stitch, uh, that oh, I think that's, not, that's in our bedroom. Right we now. have that in our bedroom. It's very sweet. Uh, Sasha sent us a taper. 
like a stuff taper for Henry. Oh, yeah. Not an actual uh, taper, but... Yeah, it was like knit. It was hand knit. It was wonderful. Uh, and thank you to Anne, who sent us this really rad box of uh, stuff from Japan, including some matcha and some like little candies tea, tea candies and stationery. And really good stationery. And a, 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 a stamp book, like some really, really so cool stuff. Cool. Uh, thank you very much, Anne. Uh, yeah. So anything else that we need to talk about? Thank you to Maximum Fun for having us. You can check out all the great shows on MaximumFun.org. Shows like Stop Podcasting Yourself. And Lady Two Lady and Minority Corner. Minority Corner and Heat Rocks and all the great shows all at maximumfun.org. And if you want to hear our other podcasts, it's at McElroyShows.com. Thank you to Glow Lamp. You really don't provide a whole lot of illumination. This is a very <laughs> unintentionally spooky recording. Uh, thank you to the Bad Stink and the Exercise Chair. Um, thank you for being patient. I know this episode's a little late. Uh, Henry. I'm not sorry. Henry's got fucking croup. Yeah, deal Henry. with it. It's been the worst fucking three days ever. Henry has a really terrible cough that is getting better, um, but has made our nights a little crazy. It sounded like the devil, and I don't want to be over dramatic, but I th- I'm worried the devil is in there somewhere. If the devil is a barking dog, the devil's a barking dog is my favorite Iron Wine album. <laughs> That's the end of the show. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hey, Max Fun fans. It's me, Jesse, the owner of Maximum Fun. I've got a question for you. Will you help us make our shows better? We wanted to find a way to find out what the Max Fun community thinks about our shows. So we started something called the Max Fun Listener Panel. Basically, you subscribe to a podcast feed, and twice a month or so, roughly speaking, we'll send you an episode of a show and instructions on how to fill out a quick survey about what you think about that show. Ten questions, nothing too crazy. You'll be hearing existing shows that we're thinking about making changes to, secret pilots of shows that we're developing that you'll only hear this way, Uh, shows we're considering adding to the network, and what you think about them really matters to us. So to join the panel, it's easy. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash listener panel. That's MaximumFun.org slash listener panel. Thanks for helping make Max Fun better.